parents all over the world make tremendous sacrifices. My parents were no exception. My dad kept farming to pay the bills. My mom worked at the Foothills Hospital in Calgary, 500 kilometers away. And when weather inhibited work at the farm, my dad would drive the 500 kilometers so he could be with my mom and with us kids and wanted to be with his family. Sometimes his foot would get a little heavy and the speedometer edged too high. On one occasion, Dad got a horrible ticket, a gross ticket, a big ticket, and had to appear before the judge. Dad showed up in his suit, prepared to accept the fact that he had broken the law. I'm Jungle Jim Hunter, and you're listening to 831 Living Your Best Life podcast, where we inspire participation, communicate precision, and empower performers to podium. And I want you to tell your friends and relatives to go to their favorite podcast provider or to junglejimhunter.com, or you now you can go to YouTube and listen to this podcast and subscribe, download, and click on like and rate and review us. And you can become an 831-er, someone that makes a difference in other people's lives. This week, I've been talking all about ascending and descending attitudes. In other words, do you have a good attitude or a bad attitude? And I want to bring it all together, which is, it's hard to do in one podcast, but I'm going to try. Which are you most of the time? An ascending attitude or a descending? Another month of material that I have could go into this, and we could talk about this for the next 30 days. However, there are other things we desire to learn about, and so I want to try to summarize it all today. But before we leave attitudes, I want you to understand how important and powerful our attitudes are in how we face the challenges of life. Dad knew he had broke the law and was not going to make any arguments to try and change the judge's mind. He just hoped that the law would make, well, leniency for him if he was honest about it. Labor Day weekend was the weekend in which he drove back to the farm to continue with harvest. And of course, there were a lot of drivers on the road going between Calgary and Edmonton on the Labor Day Classic. The courtroom was filled with many of these people, and they had broken the speed limit. There was driving with undue care and attention. There was drivers that were DUI. There was all kinds of situations. They were sloppily dressed, unshaven, spoke with no respect, and tried to make excuses. Dad was right in the middle of this group. He had seen big fines, driver's license taken away, and soon it would be his turn. His docket was called, and Dad stepped forward. The judge didn't even look up, but asked, How do you plead? Dad stood straight and in a powerful voice said, Guilty, Your Honor. The judge looked up, raised his glasses, and stared at my dad and said in a loud voice, Thank you. You're the first person in the courtroom who knows who I am. Tell me your story. Dad explained that the four years that we have lived this way, split apart with him at the farm and mom here in Calgary, was a decision that they made to live in two places, dad farming, mom working at the hospital, so that my younger brother and I could pursue our Olympic dreams. My younger brother was to become an Olympic figure skater, and I wanted to be an Olympic alpine skier, and sometimes he would get lonely and come home when it rained. And when it was dry enough, he would have to race back to the farm and would drive in the middle of the night so he could start when the sun got up the next morning. The man who had been in front of the judge just before my dad had been driving the same speed as my dad, and the judge had taken his driver's license away. Dad was greatly concerned because without a license, how could he drive and get the farm work done on the farm? The judge asked more questions about how we were doing in our sport, and Dad replied that we were on track and may make it to the Olympics. May. Not sure, but there's a lot of water has to go under the bridge, he said. If everything goes as planned, well, it may happen. The judge sat up straight and announced his verdict in a loud voice. 
He diminished the size of the fine to a slap on the wrist with the recommendation that my dad purchase a helicopter to go back and forth so he would no longer be a menace on the highway and have to worry about getting tickets. Dad never bought the helicopter. The growth in the courthouse was instant. Dad watched. Every person there tucked their shirt in, combed their hair, straightened up, stood tall, and looked at the judge and addressed him with yes or no, your honor, instead of yeah and okay and no honor. Dad stood at the back and watched for a few minutes. The judge seemed happier. The fines were less, and the pace of the cases moved a lot faster than it had before his appearance. I can teach you the 12 things I teach people to do to change their attitude, but I can summarize it this way. We all make mistakes. No matter what you do for a living, you make a living because other people make mistakes and have to purchase relief from the pain in their life. Yes, we all make mistakes and we need those mistakes. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We all make mistakes. Every business, every job relies on the fact that we fail and need help. Yes, that's what I said. Think about it. I don't care where you work. You're there because somebody needs you. Somebody needs what you do. The mechanic needs a broken car. The dentist needs a cavity in a tooth. The doctor needs a virus to heal. But what the patient and the healer both have is an attitude. Which way do you think when we are broken will work better at getting it fixed, getting healed? A descending attitude of disrespect or an ascending attitude that lifts someone's spirits? The guy that cut you off in traffic may be rushing to a hospital to say goodbye to a dying family member. The boss that fired you found out his partner has terminal cancer and he's struggling with the day. My parents taught me from birth that every obstacle is an opportunity because you have assets all of us are born with. Number one, life. Life is your number one asset. If you're alive, you have life to live. Number two, if you're alive, you have the second greatest asset, time. And number three, if you have life and time, you have the power of choice. You choose if you will be ready to climb the mountains, you choose to climb. And along the way, there are things that may happen you can't control and you will get hurt. You will get sidetracked. You will get knocked down. But it is your attitude about how you face them that gets you back up to try to fly again. However, you give up that power once you blame someone or something else for why you can't try again. If you give up that power, you are trapped by your own doing. Not by them, by your doing. Because you can always get back up and try to fly again. I will give you one thing you can do to get your power back out of the 12. The first thing we teach everyone we work with is this. A first responder in every situation says, thank you, for I can take this obstacle and turn it into an opportunity to grow. It's just a matter of deciding how and what you're going to do to grow. My quote for the day Properly prepared performers prepared with purpose will turn each obstacle into an opportunity. Thank you for listening. I hope you will have grown and will be living your best life the next time we meet. Yeah, yeah.